Good morning, everybody. Man, I feel like you guys could just do better than that. Come on, give God some praise. Come on, I don't need a hand clap. That's better. That's better. Hey, it's really, really good to see you. Thank you for being a part of Church on the Rock. If you are in the building, I love greeting the greatest people on the planet. Thank you for being connected. Thanks for being in the house. And if you're tuning in online, thank you guys so much for being connected there as well. Special shout out today to Dave and Alyssa watching from the Twin Cities in Minnesota. We're glad that you're here, and I'm looking forward to meeting you when you come on your visit here real soon. Would you give it up for those that tune in online, everybody? It's good to have you good to have you. If you've not uh, met me, my name is Josh. I have the privilege to serve as the lead pastor here at Church on the Rock, and so I'm glad to have made your acquaintance. Now, if you want to get to know me just a little bit better, uh, today I'll be leading all access, which will be down the hall and to uh, my right, your left, as you walk out. And so if you'd love to connect with me on a little bit more of a personal level, I will meet you down there in that classroom. I'd love to see you there. Does that sound good, everybody? All right, so we're going to jump right back into a message series that we've been in. We've been calling this series for Forever, emphasis on that number four, represented by these cups that I have on this table in front of me. And today is going to be a bit of a unique day, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and uh, maybe warn you. I don't know if that's really the right word, but I'm just going to sort of let you know that the service today is going to end entirely different than it has ended. uh, It's just outside of normal. Can I say it that way? It's going to be different. So here's what I'm going to say is I'm going to encourage you stay till the end because you don't want to miss what I think God wants to do in us this morning. Does that sound fair, everybody? So just hang with us. Uh, Stay to the very end. But I want to dive right back into the series that we've been calling Forever. And what we've been talking about is this story of these Israelite people, God's people, who were held in captivity in Egypt. And we all know probably from at least the movies, if not the Bible story itself, that God sent Moses to uh, go to Pharaoh, and he would say, hey, let my people go, and I would like, we're probably all familiar with that. The thing we've been focusing on and emphasizing, though, is that God didn't just send Moses to Egypt with a message to Pharaoh. God sent Moses to Egypt with a message to his people, and this is where, it, this is where we've been picking up the story. In Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, the Bible says, therefore, and this is God instructing Moses, he says, therefore, I want you to say to the Israelites, my people, I want you to tell them that I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I'll free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgment, and I will take you as my own people. And here's what we've done is we've kind of unpacked some historical uh, truths that these four statements, these I will statements, are represented in these four particular cups that particularly get celebrated in the Jewish culture, and they particularly get celebrated around the time of Passover. And so if you've ever participated in any kind of a Passover Seder, you would know that you would drink throughout that meal from four different cups of wine or juice, you know, depending on the context or whatever, but you would actually partake in four individual cups that have representation. And those representations come from this exact passage in Scripture in Exodus 6, 6 through 7, and what we've kind of done, and I'm, I'm blowing through some reviews, so if you haven't been with us, there's all kind of context. You can go on our YouTube channel, you can go on our website, and you can get all the context that sets us up for this. But what we've done is we've put it into four sort of, I don't know, simple, 
memorable statements. And this is how we say it. And it's going to go on the screen. I want everybody to say it with me because this is what we believe, that what God wanted for the people of Israel that were held in captivity is the same thing God wants for you and me. Amen, everybody? And this is what God wants. So, so what does God want for every person? Let's say it together. He wants them to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Very, very good. We're going to do it one more time. You ready? He wants you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference forever. And here's the big idea is that this is not a linear equation. It is not like, oh, I know God. Oh, I found freedom. Oh, I discovered purpose. I made a difference. And the spiritual journey of my life has ended. The idea behind the title and, 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 the, and the hope behind the messaging within this series is that we understand as followers of Christ, and I recognize that might not be all of us, maybe not yet, but for those of us who are, that to walk with Christ is a constant, perpetual reception of these four things, these, the participation in these four cups in our lives all of the time. Because I can know God the first time, but know God better. I can find freedom from something, but need freedom from something else. I can discover purpose in one season, but have a, a new purpose in a new season. And I can make a difference today, and I can make a difference tomorrow. Are you with me, everybody? And so the idea here is, this, man, we want to be the people that live in this forever perpetual cycle of consuming these four cups in a relationship with our awesome, eternal perfect father thanks to the blood shed on the cross by his son jesus christ amen everybody so let's get into it today because i, I really want to get to what god wants us to do today in this service more than what god wants me to say today in this service so we're going to focus again on verse six when god says i want you to say to the israelites i am the lord and he says i'm going to bring you out and i'm going to set you free which again, if you've not been with us, we've been kind of admitting that sounds like the same thing. Like if you take me out of slavery, aren't you setting me free from slavery? And here's been a little bit of the pushback. This is what delineates them from each other is this statement that you can be brought out of slavery, but still have slavery inside of you. It's hard sometimes after we've become accustomed to a way of thinking, believing, conducting ourselves. It's hard sometimes to get that out of us, even if we are out of that. Is that making sense? It's, it's very different. And so I want to I take us on a quick journey today, like, like a quick journey. Because I want to get into the, the ending of this service where I think God wants to do a powerful thing in you today. Is that fair? Are you guys okay with this? All right, if you're not, I don't really know what to tell you. Um, just... You can stay or go, but I hope you'll participate, okay? All right. I want to I take you, though, to this story, back into the story of Israel. And God sends this message to both Pharaoh, hey, these are my people, and I want them free. Let them go. And he sends this message to his people that I'm going to do these things in your life because I'm your God. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you out of slavery, and I'm going to take slavery out of you, and I'm going to redeem you back to the original purpose and plan that I have for you, and you're going to find a people and make a difference. And I mean, like, this is the message. And if you know anything about the story, Moses would then go into Egypt, and he would say, let my people go. And then what would Pharaoh say every time? No, I'm not doing it. And then come all the plagues and all the things that come, and God continues to send Moses, go ask, go ask, go ask. He continues to give this word to his people, I'm going to get you out of here, you're going to be free. And what does Moses continue to say? 
No, it's okay to participate. What did he actually say? No, he would, no, I'm not doing it. I, I, I love my free workforce. They're doing great things for me. I'm not letting them go. All the way to the point that finally, it literally takes the death of his own son for him to say, get these people out of here. And so this is it. This is like the release day, man. This is the day of freedom for these million plus people are about to leave a place of captivity and walk into an opportunity for freedom. And I want you to see in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, this is going to set us up for everything I want to communicate today. The Bible says that when Pharaoh finally let the people go, I want you to notice something, that God did not lead them along the main road. He, he didn't lead them along the main road that runs through uh, the Philistine territory, even though it was the shortest route to the promised land. Now leave that up there for just a moment if you would. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them in the most direct route. He did not lead them in the most logical way to the promised land. Which is to say that he did lead them into the wilderness. Can we agree? Since God chose not to lead them on the most direct route, he did in fact choose to lead them the long way around, through the wilderness. I actually think there is a very important reason for this. Because here's the thing, think about it with me for just a second. I want you to think about yourself, put yourself as best you can in the context of these people who were born as slaves, lived as slaves, operated as slaves, thought like slaves, everything that they did was, was determined by someone else. And then God comes in, and can you imagine, sets you free. You're free. You're a free people. To which you're like, woo, like, yeah, man. But like, here's the thing, what do I do? Because here's the thing, it's hard for you and I to understand because we live in a free country, we have the power of choice, there are things that we have the opportunity to do and not do, but not these people. I find it interesting that God chose to lead them through the wilderness. And it was in the wilderness, by the way, that, that two things, I think, were taking place. Two things that are critical in what I need us to see today. Number one, God had to teach his people how to walk with him. They had no idea how to have a relationship with God. What does that even look like? So it was in the wilderness that God would lead them uh, with, with these supernatural things. Like at night there was a light, and, and in the daytime there was a cloud. And it was in the wilderness that God would actually give them like, like rules of how to handle things and how to, how to live their lives. The Ten Commandments came, and then the Levitical law would then follow in the wilderness journey. Why? Because God had to teach his people how to walk with him. Now, the second reason that I think God did not lead them on the most direct route to the promised land is because God had to teach them how to walk with each other. Think about this for a moment. Because all I've ever been is a slave. Every possession that is around me is someone else's. I'm told how to deal with it, what to do with it, what time I can have it and what time I can't. I know what time wreck is and I know what time lunch is and I know what time work is, but I don't know how to deal with anybody else around me. I don't know how to have things of my own. I don't know how to set up a tent to live in. I, like I have no bearings on how to live, not only with this God who came and rescued me, but with all these people that have just been set free. And here's what I want you to hear me say today, is that God is still trying to do the same thing in you and me today. 
listen, you guys awake this morning? Come on, let's wake up. Let's have some energy in the room. Listen, it is not a linear equation, one and done, and like, okay, now I just show up to church, and I just try to get better and try to be more behaved. No, no, no. God is saying, man, I need to teach you how to walk with me. I need to show you what it looks like to have a relationship with me and to know me and to know me more and to find freedom and to find freedom again and again and again, to have a purpose in this season and a purpose in the next season, to walk with a people and make a difference with them. It's a perpetual cycle. It is forever because two things will happen if you give your life to Christ Jesus. You will know God and live with God forever and you will know God's people and live with God's people forever. There is no sunset for it. It doesn't go away. There's not an ending at all. And in this journey of faith, in the same way, that God would, would usher these, these slaves that have just been freed through a wilderness journey. He would teach and unpack for them what does it look like to walk with God. And what does it look like to walk with God's people. Now, let's flip the script and let's look at this in the context of us today. Because the similarity, the exact parallel between the Israelites and Egyptian captivity... And us is that we too were born into slavery. Whether you believe this or not, I respectfully say to you that according to the unchanging, powerful truth of God's word, we were born into sin and that makes us a slave to it. And we have a God that in the same way sent Moses to draw his people out of captivity, he sent Jesus to draw you and I out of captivity. And once we get set free, we have to learn how to walk, live, operate in that freedom. Because there is a life that is good, and then there's like the best, most like awesome life. And it's right here found in the consumption of these four cups in a journey of faith. So there are times that you feel like I'm just in the wilderness and I wish this season would end. God, isn't there a promised land for me? And God's saying, just continue to consume little by little of these cups because I'm teaching you some things and I'm showing you some things. And not only do I need you to better understand how to walk with me, I need you to understand how to walk with God's people. Amen? So I want to take you back to the very beginning. We're going to do a quick bounce back into history. We're going to jump forward into some practicality, and then we're going to put into exercise what I teach today. Does that, does that sound good, everybody? So I'm going to take you back to the, to the very beginning when sin, okay, entered into our world. So it's a little bit reversed because Israel was God's people and wound up in captivity. They, they were free and then became slaves. Adam and Eve, conversely, started free and then became slaves. You see it? Here we go. Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. The Bible says, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden. I want you to notice some things. So they hid from the Lord. They hid from the Lord God among the trees. And then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? In verse 10, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid, and I was afraid because I was naked. This is a beautiful picture of what it looks like to live in the slavery of sin. When we are held captive 
as slaves in our sin, there are two things that we do. We hide and we cover. I'll conceal it. I don't want anybody to know the issues that I have. I don't want anybody to see the things that are exposing and embarrassing for me. I wouldn't want anyone to know what's really going on on the inside. And so I'll cover, I'll conceal, and I'll hide. Because listen to me very carefully. Sin causes you and me to turn our faces away from our Father. It's what it does. It's the effect of slavery on us. And here we have Adam and Eve who would walk with God and talk with God, who lived in total freedom, in, in, an, in an incredible relationship with God himself. And the moment that they become slaves to sin, they hide and they cover. And I believe that's exactly what you and I do in our sin. Now let's go backwards a little bit. I'm going to take you to Genesis chapter 2 because I want you to see something. There's, I don't have time to really explain this, but there's a thing called the law of first mentions, okay? And the very first mention in the Bible of something not being good is found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And God said, it is not good for man to be what? It is not good that man be alone. And what does sin do? Sin makes me hide and cover. Sin puts me in a place of isolation. And what Satan knows is if I can keep you bound like a slave in your sin, you will not walk with God and you will not walk with God's people. And here's what he also knows. That even if you put your faith in Jesus and you're taken out of your slavery and you are a free man, you are a free woman, that if I can keep you thinking like you're still a slave, then I'll keep you operating like you're still a slave. Because remember what we said last week, that what you believe will determine how you behave. And if I believe I'm still a slave, that's exactly how I will operate. But this is not how God wants us to live. God says, I have given you this cup of sanctification. You are out of your slavery. Now I need you to consume this cup of freedom. Stop thinking like a slave because you're not a slave anymore. You need to find freedom from that mindset. And in order to do that, you need to learn to walk with me and you need to learn to walk with my people. So let's get practical a little bit, shall we? In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Here's what the Bible says. You ready for it? Because this is found again in God's holy word that is the absolute truth. Amen. I just want you to know where I'm coming from. It's the absolute truth. And these are separated scriptures and a couple of different books that we're going to look at in the New Testament of the Bible but we can, we can net them together and link them up together because as I pursue God and I learn to know God, I learn his word. And I continue, when I walk with God, I have a better understanding of how to operate and what it means and looks like to operate in a free mind instead of a slave's mind. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 25, let us not neglect meeting together as some people do. Hey, 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 God's like, whoa, 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 don't stop gathering together like some people do. Because if I refuse or, or hold back or choose not to, 
gather together, I am still operating like a slave. Because I was designed by God to walk, by, walk with God, and I was designed by God to walk with God's people. Amen. I feel like you guys are missing some amen opportunities, but it's okay. It's all right. I'm going to keep going. I love y'all still. Hey, don't neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. Especially that you know the day of my return. Like, it's coming. As it approaches, like, come on, man. It's more important with every passing day. It's more important that my people gather. Paraphrase. You okay with that? It's the, every single day that goes by, the intensity and the necessity for you to actually gather together becomes more important. More and more important over and over and over again. Let's go to James 5.16. This is one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. And I want you to watch something now. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says, confess your sins, which is a big deal. Come on, let's just time out right there. I know, I know my super students are reading ahead, but time out for just a second. All right, let me, just, let me just put us all on the same ground here. All right, every single one of us have sin. Okay, okay, it's just true. So nobody here is better than anybody, regardless of their position or their title or their serve or their church history or knowledge of the Bible. All of us have sin. Now, if I'm following Jesus, I've been set free from the slavery of sin. So I am not a sinner, but I may have some sinful tendencies. I am a son of the most high God. I will believe this way so that I behave this way. Are you with me? All right, all right. So the Bible says to us, confess your sins that you have. I have. They are real. Confess them to who? Interesting little thing there, isn't it? Interesting for the Bible to say, hey, I want you to confess your sin to each other. To wh which means that I can't hide and cover. That means... I have to gather and expose. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Secrets live in the dark, and freedom is found in the light. In the Bible, the Bible, not your pastor, okay, not the belief of your church, the Bible, which should dictate what both of those do, gives us this interesting command. I want you to gather with people, encourage each other. When you're gathered there, I want you to confess your issues to each other. Why on earth, God, would you ask me to do that? Because I want you to be healed. Can I just put it into a different word? Because I want you to be free. I want you to experience like, like real, bona fide life change. Like not an emotional moment, but like a change of belief and thinking so that how I conduct myself changes and how I walk changes. And the more that I walk with God, the more that I understand the character, the heart, the mindset of him, 
the more I begin to acquire his likeness and his image, the more I begin to have, have emotion and feeling like he does, and then the more that I learn to walk with his people, rather than thinking that they're all out to get me, I'll start thinking, you know what, I think they're all out just like me. We all have issues. One of my mentors and dearest friends, he often says, don't judge others because they sin differently than you do. And that'll preach. Because all sin is equal at the foot of the cross. One sin's not worse than the other one. They're equal. It's the same thing. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so I would love to say, welcome to the family. You're in great company. Because there is no rank here. No one's better than you. Listen, no one's worse than you either. And, And the Bible tells us, I want you to gather. I want you to pray. Because I want you free. I need you healed. I need freedom to be found on the inside of you. And so here's what we're about to do, is we're about to gather and pray. And I'm going to instruct you exactly what this is going to look like and how this is going to operate here in just a couple moments. But before I do that, I want to communicate to the people in the room. I don't know who you are. Maybe you're up in the balcony or down on the floor. Maybe you're tuning in online. Maybe you're streaming this live or you're watching a playback of this at a later date. doesn't matter. I think this is your moment with the Lord. And maybe you've never drank from the first cup. You're still a slave, and you've become increasingly aware of that. You think, man, I, I need to just be taken out of slavery so that I can learn to walk in freedom. And if that's you, I want to put another scripture on the screen for you. Also, one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible, it's 1 John 1, 9. Here's what the Bible says. That if we confess our sins, this is to God. He is faithful and he is just to cleanse us of our sin and purify us from unrighteousness. This is a promise from God. Now listen to me, listen to me. I do this often, often. And I'm telling you right now that oftentimes I'm doing it by faith. Let me explain. There are times that I don't feel like I deserve forgiveness. There are times that I think, God, I'm here again with the same thing again asking for forgiveness again and everything inside of me that has been trained to think like a slave makes me say penance punishment you don't deserve this God is going to get you you've been demoted there's a demerit detention for you Hersey that's how it feels and there are times regularly that I go before God I have first John 1 9 memorized I may have read it differently than it was even on the screen I don't know and I'll go before the Lord and I'll say God I don't feel like I deserve forgiveness from you I feel like I should be past this already I feel like I should know better I'm a pastor Jeez. so father by faith in you I confess my sin and then I confess whatever it is I say it because it hurts worse and I want to feel it 
And then I'll tell God, by faith, I receive your word. And I trust that you have forgiven me of that sin and you have cleansed me of all unrighteousness. And I choose to see myself right before you because I take your word for what it is. And maybe that's you today. And maybe you're saying, all right, the only thing that's ever held me back from drinking of that first cup is I didn't think I was worthy. And I'm just telling you, listen to me, none of us are. That's why it's a gift. That's why Jesus said, you can have it. You can have it. And so I would love to ask everybody in the room to bow their heads and close their eyes, if you would. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer that we do this every Sunday, every Sunday. And listen to me, if this is for you today, there is nothing special about these words. They're just a guide. What matters is your heart. And the Bible says if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. That's what this moment is. I want you to be saved from slavery. In this moment, I want you to know God. In the next moment, I'm going to do my best to help you find some freedom. So here's our prayer. If that's you, I want you to say it out loud. Repeat it after me. Church, you know how we do it. I always ask you to say it out loud too. Because I want those saying it for the first time to be able to say it with total confidence. I want you to say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. All of it. Come into my heart. Forgive me my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. All that I am is yours. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Would you put your hands together and congratulate those that may have said that prayer for the first time? I'm going to invite the team. They're going to come and get this uh, out of the way. And then I'm going to give us some instruction on what's about to take place. Okay, everybody? And so um, this is, I felt very strongly when I was preparing this message. Thank you, ladies, so much. I felt very strongly when I was preparing this message to, uh, that, that God was like, this is what I want you to do on Sunday. I'm like, okay, all right, let's go. I, I, like, I didn't even push back, and sometimes I do. <laughs> uh, I was just like, yes, sir, let's, let's do this. And so here's what I want us to do in the next uh, about 15 minutes. That's, that's the timeline that I'm aiming for, is I want us to gather and pray. And you're like, well, what does that mean? So listen to me. I'm going to give a little instruction, okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call on the Church on the Rock family. Like, this is your church. And I'm going to encourage you, find your people and pray. Like it might be your life group. And I'm talking small groups all around, all around the campus. It might be your life group where y'all just kind of huddle, text each other. Where you at? All right, cool. And when you meet somewhere and y'all gather together and you pray. It might just be some of you in a, your rows right there. You just decide, these are the people God put around me. Let's just gather. And let's just pray. Some of you might be like, I, I'm new here, and I don't really know anybody, and this is weird. And that's, listen, that's okay. There is zero pressure on you to even participate, okay? Like, I want, you understand what I'm saying? I've probably thought of you most. But if you would like to, and people invite us, great. Now listen, we don't have time to, like, confess our sins to each other. It's not what I'm asking. All right? What I'm asking is for you. If you. I love to say it this way because I heard a, a, a pre, old preacher say it this way. He said, if you want Bible results, you've got to do Bible stuff. I'll just That's exactly how he said it. And I'm like, I like that. And so I want us to, to experience Bible results. Let's do Bible stuff. And I'm encouraging you to just gather in small groups all across 
the auditorium and in the lobby and in the balcony and pray together. Listen, we have prayer partners, some strategically placed out in the, in the lobby, some strategically placed up in the balcony, and then others throughout the auditorium. Now listen to me carefully. We're going to worship up here. So there's going to be a little bit of like some sound competition. Does that make sense? Because we're going to create an atmosphere of worship. So you may want to carry your prayer further away from the platform, out into the lobby or into the halls. You, you may want to gather at a distance. Some of you may prefer worship. Man, I want to be right in it. I want to feel it. And I, then you might want to gather a little bit closer. But what I want us to do is take the next several minutes and just gather together and pray, which means when I say amen, people will need to stand up, move around, and group up together. Am I making sense, everybody? I'm trying to be super clear. And then I'm going to come up at the very end in just about 15 minutes, and I'm going to close this service out in a prayer collectively together. Now, to my life group men, I'm going to be right over there at the top of those stairs. I'd love for you to come. So let's stand together all across this auditorium. I'm going to set your posture, and then you determine your posture after that. You can sit and stay and worship. You can start huddling and gathering together. Listen to me. I think for us to experience what God wants us to experience, we're going to have to move and gather in groups and praise. Does that sound good, everybody? I'm going to start us in prayer, and I'm going to end us in prayer, and then our team is going to lead us in worship throughout this time. Father, we come before you right now. This is an act of obedience. We are your people. Father, I feel very strongly that you've led us to gather in our church service and pray, to gather together and pray. We do this in life groups. We do this as serve team members. We do this on Sundays as a large group. But Father, I felt like you were leading us to do this groups within the service. So Father, we say yes, Lord, because we want to walk with you. And we say yes, Lord, because we want to walk with your people. And so, Father, right now, I just pray that you would do what only you can do. And I pray for a supernatural anointing to rest on us in this moment so that people find freedom. Not just a moment of prayer, but true, genuine freedom in this atmosphere right now in Jesus' mighty name. As our team leads us, let's gather. Let's pray.
God's on the move in this place. If you're praying, keep praying. Just keep praying. I want to conclude this service, but here's what I want you to hear me say. You can stay and pray. There's no reason for you to rush. You're welcome to stay around, talk, pray. This was a moment, I feel like, for our church. And I feel like God is trying to do things in us more and more and in increasing ways. So my heart is to be obedient to what God is asking, and this is what God asked for in this moment here today. So I want to pray over all of us, and again, you just keep praying if you're praying. I see people praying everywhere, in the balcony, the sides, right here in the center. This is so cool. I just want to pray over you. And what's going to happen is the band will eventually stop and the house music will start to play. You just keep praying. Long as you need, you're welcome to be here in this atmosphere doing what you're doing. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would seal in us the work that you began here today. I believe, Father, that people in this room, myself included, need freedom. I pray, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, that people in this room, people tuning in online, perhaps still, I just pray in Jesus' name that they would truly find freedom. I pray, Father, that people would find it supernaturally. I pray that people would find it progressively. I just pray, Father God, that you would teach us how to walk with you, teach us how to walk with your people. Father, teach us how to consume the cup of freedom again and again and again in our journey of faith with you. I pray that you would seal what you've done. That this isn't just a moment. It's not just emotional. It's a God movement. It's a God moment. And I just pray, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, for stories to be told about this moment in our church. For people to say, it wasn't just church. It was a move of God in my heart and I found freedom that day. It was a move of God in my heart and something changed in me that day. And I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus for you to just finish and seal what you've began here today. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Can we give God praise for what he's done in the house?